0: We are back. Rugby league is back. Drama is back. And what a weekend of drama in the Betfred Super League. It's your host, Lockie Campbell, with the Hustleby and our new recruit, Lily Mangan, with you here to bring you all the lowdown of round one from the Super League before we look ahead to this weekend's World Club Challenge. Lily is a journalist, and rugby league player who plays for Rochdale Mayfield's women's team and makes a hot recap debut with it this evening. Lily, how are we doing today?
1: I'm good, thanks. Yeah, I'm excited. It's been a really interesting weekend of games and I think it'll give us a good insight for the rest of the season.
0: Absolutely. It was was a bumper weekend for the league as it smashed its previous round one record by more than 10% as 76,752 people came through the turnstiles to watch games. So let's get started and we are going to head to the MKM Stadium. Jesse Sue now shifts it left. Lewis creates a gap for himself with his footwork, and I think he's rolled over to score here. Liam Moore will have a look. He's certain, and that's a little piece of Lewis' magic. We saw plenty of that in 23. We're going to see lots more in 24 on the evidence of that. And Rovers now lead by 12 points to do the call there from Dave Woods on Sky Sports as KR number seven, Mikey Lewis skillfully slotted the ball over the line for his try on the night with Rovers running away with the season opener in which they asserted their dominance over their rivals in every way possible. Uh, the home side were left scoreless as Niall Evold scored twice. Fellow new sign in, uh, Kalipi Tanginoa also crossed, as did Mark Parcell in addition to Lewis's try. So Lily, uh, you watched this one for us. What were the big takeaways from you from this game?
1: I think it was a massively fiery game to start off with, really eventful. I mean, two reds and two yellows in the first game of the season is pretty big. Um, Hull FC did not have great luck to start off at the beginning of the game. I mean, they had Liam Sutcliffe withdrawing at the warm-up um, due to illness. And um, also having Joe Cater starting at loose forward and then coming off with a hamstring injury only 10 minutes in, it wasn't great luck to start with. Saying that, I don't think they played the strongest game. I was expecting much more from them, to be fair. Um, I think Hull KR definitely deserved the win. Um, And there was quite a bit of aggression in the game um herman sasa being sim binned uh pelle obviously being sent off for foul play um i think hull kr definitely deserved the win in I this think game it was
0: it was a really poor start from hull wasn't it i think they really lacked attacking intent you say the aggression i think the franklin Pele hit was i mean he he looked like he was an aggressive player to what before that hit happened but to kind of like throw his arm the way he did on on Minchella. He, I think he deserved to be sent off. I really do. There were some controversial calls this weekend, but that one clear as day in my mind.
1: Yeah, I don't think anyone can argue against that being controversial. I mean, it his fist was closed. It was very obviously a swing of his arm into it. It was just completely unnecessary. And I think in that situation, he was definitely right getting a red card. And I mean, he's facing the consequences now because there's talks of him having quite a lengthy suspension from the game. So he's not helped himself really. Um, not only him. Um, obviously, SASA being sin-binned as well. And, um, it's gotten a lot stricter this Mm -hmm. season we've seen it in all the games this weekend and i think that the players really need to watch the tempers um and watch the regression in the games otherwise it's going to be a lot of fines being handed out
0: yeah no absolutely it was it was really hard to see i think for the whole fans in in their home stadium for the team to put out performance like that uh leone is there anything that kind of you saw from the game that really stood out for you
2: I mean, obviously, like, the fighting. Like, that doesn't happen anymore. I remember watching it when I was little, when um the rules were, no, there weren't, weren't that many, and obviously, over the years, they've got more and more. Um, but you just can't do things like that anymore. Like, the behaviour was just unbelievable and I think it was quite disappointing as well I mean these rules are not in place to be boring they're in place to keep people safe and we know there's been some terrible injuries from rugby before and these rules are put in place to prevent them and I think you know you as much as they obviously have to care about the game and be passionate you can't get let your emotions get involved and that's exactly what happened and I mean it went from being like the whole derby to like the dirty derby where people are throwing fists and squaring up to each other. And that's not what thats not what rugby is. You know, like, yeah, it's an aggressive sport, but there's a difference between it being an aggressive sport and the players being aggressive towards each other. And that's really dangerous. Yeah,
0: no, I, I agree. I really do. Uh, and I, th- I think on the whole KR side, I think... They really showed just what the superior team they are this season. I think in that game, I think Mikey Lewis looked slick. He was always a threat with the ball. He scored a really nice silky try and he made two try assists. I think he's really laid down a marker for the year now that he's an England international. I think all of their new additions really played their part and grabbed the moment. Um, the major problem, I think, for K.R. was was Peter Hick, who's kicking was really off all night, really. I think he only got one goal in. Uh, but it, it seemed like it was a pretty routine win, I think, for, for KR and and Lily, do you think they'll have the fans will now have the edge now over of the whole FC fans now for, for some time after that victory?
1: I think whole FC are gonna have to work hard to bring it back. It was a disappointing game um on their behalf. I think that the score difference could definitely have been a lot more than what it was. I think they were lucky for it to be like that. And um, despite them having the bad luck with obviously um, injuries, illness, people being sent off, I just don't think they played the strongest game. And I think they could do a lot better in future.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So in terms of next games for both sides, so you've got Hull, they go away to Warrington on Friday night. And, Sorry, that's the KR and Hull FC are at home to Leeds on Thursday night. I think I've got them both wrong there. I'm going to say that again. So Hull KR are at home to Leeds on Thursday night, while Hull FC are away to Warrington on the Friday night. And as you said there, Lily, in terms of discipline news, Franklin Pele, he faces uh, four to six games out after getting a grade E charge today. Uh, Liggy Sal, three games uh, on his side for striking. Sasa faces a two-match ban oh that's a lot of players out already um for them and the whole kr side they got through pretty unscathed and they might even be able to recall matty stawson and sam luckily against the rhinos on thursday um any of you got any thoughts on how you think those two games are going to go at this point do we think that kr and lees is going to be a big game
1: i definitely think that if kr play the way that they played on Thursday. It's definitely going to be a big game. I mean, I'd I'd still give it to Leeds winning, but I reckon that they've definitely got a lot of competition with KR. I think they've come back really strong this season.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Right, let's go to Head and Lee. He's taken two brilliant catches. I think the one that he dropped wasn't really his fault. fault. He got no. impeded by his own player. But here, look at this. Leeds are going to try and counter, and Leeds are. Mark Wilson with a great call there on Sky Sports in the packed Headingley as Ash Hanley scored a wonder try running nearly the length of the field to score for the Rhinos. Uh, the Rhinos went on to finish Salford off in the second half, winning 22 16 to claim the two points. Uh, Hanley had two of the night. Uh, Sam Lazone also grabbed the other try for Leeds, while Salford new boy Cade Cust crossed for the Devils, as well as Ollie Partington, who scored his first try for the club. So to this game, and, uh, and unfortunately, in my book, it all really comes down to refereeing decisions in crucial moments where where Salford had 12 men on the field. Leeds just picked those moments to capitalise. The big turning point for me was late on in the second half when uh, Amir Baru was simbined with 14 minutes to go. Salford were valiantly defending on the try line. They were up 16-14. Uh, Martin then kicks the penalty goal, and then Lazone bullies his way over the line uh, four minutes later. And then Leeds do enough to hold on. Um, I don't want to go on up too much about refereeing this evening, guys, but this was a ridiculous decision to send him off there. Donelson had his hands all over uh, Baru's face and the cause for persistent offending, which is quite a harsh call to make when the game was where it was at the time. Um, but having had a few days to think on it, I'm really proud of how Salford played. I think they've really surprised a few people there. And they could have won this game if things had gone their way with the refereeing calls. Uh I think we shocked the rhinos a bit, uh, but look fair play to them. Hanley played a blinder with his two tries and he was unstoppable. Uh but Leeds got lucky here. And I think their fans know it. Uh Leone, what what did you think of this game?
2: I mean, I was super happy for Salford. So obviously, us and Salford, we we tend to be bottom of the pack. Um and I think they really took Leeds by surprise. I don't think Leeds thought they were going to come out and and play as well as they did. And it's it's nice when a team that didn't do so great last season has such a strong first first game because mm. I think that really sets up the confidence for the players. Um, I definitely didn't think the scores were going to be that either. I thought it would be Leeds much higher, Salford much lower as well. Um, mm. and I think it's always nice when you watch a game and uh, and they surprise you.
0: Yeah. No. Absolutely. I thought. It was really good because there has been a lot of negativity around Sol for this off season. So to kind of go in the first game and, and to be winning at half time as well, I was really encouraged and I really thought, you know, we can really actually make make a thing of it this year. I think thought Cade Cust was a real highlight at six. Uh, Nenny McDonald showed a lot of class against his former team, and it's great that we've still got Mark Sneed causing chaos in the halves. His ticking game is spot on, and I think it should give Salford fans encouragement that this, this year we're going to, we are going to be competitive. And on another day we, we win this game Leeds wise. They got, as I said, they got a few decisions their way that helped swing it. Uh, but in credit to Rhinos fans, look, you bank that win, um, but you're going to have to be a lot better against the stronger teams. If you want to be finishing higher at the table, but look, they've got a strong nucleus of players there, but they aren't quite there yet as a force in my book. Uh, Lily, what, Any kind of thoughts on that game from you?
1: Um, I think I definitely agree with what's been said. I think it was a really nice game to watch because obviously Salford are the underdogs and everyone loves an underdog. Um, But like you said, Rhinos just weren't playing as strong as what they should have been. Mm. Um, And when they come up against the harder teams, when they're against like Wigan Warriors, I don't think they're going to stand up too well. I think they...
0: Need, they've got a lot to work on. Yeah. Not quite back to the drawing board for Leeds, but well, for Ryanors fans, you should be thinking that you hope the squad starts to gel a bit better, I think over the coming uh, weeks, but it is only week one. It's round one. So uh, I guess you can't be asking for perfection just yet. Um, in terms of the next game for these teams, uh, Leeds, they're, they're heading away to whole KR. And that to me looks a bit like a juicy encounter now. Uh, but both me, and Leonie's perspective. We're looking forward to next Sunday afternoon, where Salford are entertaining Cast at home. That is going to be an interesting one, Leonie.
2: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, obviously, it's me versus you. So mm-hmm. you know, you never, you never know what's going to happen. The mood's definitely going to change depending on depending on what happens. But I think you know, both teams are looking maybe not stronger than some of the other teams, but stronger than they were last season. Um, so, yeah, I think it's going to be a lot more of a surprising game than people might think it will be.
0: No, I, I couldn't agree with you more there. I think I'm a little bit more worried about it now than I maybe was last week because, and we're going to come on to Cass in a minute, but they uh, they definitely aren't the side that I think a lot of people thought they were going to be this year. Um, but Lux Salford will potentially be without Ryan Briley as he faces a one-match ban for a high tackle that he had in the game against Leeds. Um, and... Paul Rowley has also confirmed that the Salfords' 33 year old Joe Meller is also out for the foreseeable future with a lower limb injury. But Salford fans did also get two bits of uh, good news the last week, which we should touch on in that Salford City Council have confirmed that they are going to complete the purchase of the Salford Stadium. This guarantees the future of the Reds at the home for the long term future. It's great news. Uh, as with a new long term lease, the club could access to more funding and potentially have more money than they've ever had as a club. So, As a fan that watched the likes of um, Leeds take our best players over the year, over the summer, well, not the summer, over the winter, I think this is really good news for us. I think hopefully it'll put the club on a firmer footing. And look, and we've signed the winger David Nafaloma from West Tigers uh, for the year. So hopefully he comes in. He should be fit and firing um, over the next few weeks. So hopefully he makes a difference. Right, let's head to the jungle. When you catch the Oh, you yeah. To yeah, demoted I was.
2: Red red, oh, goodness oh. me! Oh. Well, there we go, that's the directive in action, isn't
0: it? Liam Watts has been sent off the contact up. with the head. Are you heard it from Tom Grant right right himself. Not, not you, not
2: right right. you. Well, what's obviously has happened is the video ref, referees have decided that the contact of the head would be
0: forceful. So, Matt Newsom for BBC Sport there on the call as Castle Liam and Watts were sent off in a game-changing moment in their 32-4 defeat to Wigan Warriors as the champions got their 2024 campaign off with a big win. Uh, the call to send Watts off what happened with Cass leading 4-2 and it proved pro- quite pivotal in the game as they are led by two penalty goals to one at that point. Uh, Wigan then went on a tear as Patrick Mago and Bevan French then crossed within five minutes of the sending off. And Wigan went up 16-4 at the half. Uh, a brace of tries for Liam Marshall and a solo effort from Cruz Leem in the second half put gloss on the proceedings for the Warriors. But Cass fans will feel extremely hard done by Leone, Talk to me.
2: I mean, I think, it, I mean, maybe I'm biased because I'm a Cass fan, but I think that was so unfair I mean, obviously, you know, Smith got a sin bin, and if you watch it in slow motion, it, it like his neck like crumples, and that's obviously like really dangerous. So I I can't understand why that was a sin bin, mm-hmm. and then obviously Watts was a red. I mean, obviously it was the head, and you did see the impact, but you can you can tell by the way that he came into him, the way that that Joe Westerman came from the other side, that it was clearly it was misjudged, it was misangled, he didn't mean to do it. Uh, they even stood up after and shook each other's hands. So there was clearly no bad blood about what had just happened. No. Um, and I think that says a lot that, you know, it wasn't, they didn't start a fight like it did with Hull. Um, I, I do think that older players, players who've been playing for a long time, they are going to have to get into this new way of life for rugby league, which is being a lot more careful about the way that you tackle people. Because obviously, even an accident can get you get you sent off um but yeah I think if it was a if it was a red card for Watts it should have been it should have been a red for Smith as well
0: yeah I just don't think it was a red and you hear that on on the clip there on the commentary there was genuine shock from the commentary team from the fans when that red card happened obviously Cass had been playing so well up to that point and it was a really hard blow for them to take that because they were really making Wigan sweat And Craig Lingard has clearly done a lot with work of them on the training ground to get them into a better shape this year. Um, I guess on the Wigan side, I guess they they did run rampant. So it's concerning to see how easy Cass were to pick apart with 12 men. But look, it's 12 men against Wigan Warriors, against the champions. I mean, any team is going to struggle. Lily, any thoughts that you thought on how Wigan played in this game at all?
1: I think Wigan played strong. But at the start, I thought Kaz did really well. Um, It it was one of them games where I thought the score difference would have been a lot greater. Um, And I think they definitely put up a a really strong fight against Wigan. Um, They just ended up coming out the stronger team in the end, which was to be expected.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I think Wigan looked just as good as they did last year once they were up by a man. And... I think they'll they'll go into the World Club Challenge which we'll come on to talk to in a bit with some renewed fire in their belly now that they've got this big win um, but I, I think people need to stop overlooking Liam Marshall he was superb and he, I think when you think of all the Wigan stars whether it's Bevan French Jai Field I think people need to start talking more about Liam Marshall's name in that I think um, the tries he scored were great and he he's such an asset to that team Lily we set, we didn't say at the top, but you are a Wigan fan. So, who's kind of the key player for you guys this season? Do you think?
1: I I'm not too sure. To be fair, um, I think it, I think it's quite an interesting season. There's been quite a few transfers. Um, I think we're just going to have to see as as it goes on. Mm-hmm. Um, for me, I wouldn't say that there was anyone that particularly stood out that much in the game i yeah. think they played well as a pack but there wasn't any players that i was looking at thinking um they performed particularly well for wigan level
0: yeah no that that's that's fair and look let, let's let see how they do when they come across uh probably the best team in the world right now on saturday night and that's who they face they face penrith on that uh, the dw um well, Cass are away to Salford. So um, as we said at the top, there's lots of discipline news that's come down this evening. And so Liam Watts is facing a four to six week suspension on the Cass side where well, Harry Smith received a grade B charge, but he has been cleared to play in the World Cup challenge. Um, and ahead of their game against Wigan, it was revealed that Cass's co-captain Paul McShane is facing five weeks out of action with a hamstring injury. Uh, but it is hoped that Rowan Milnes could return to the side soon. Right, let's head to Lee Sports Village. And it is indeed given as a try for Elliot Wallace. He's obviously impressed Ian Watson during pre-season. Three tries and a try tonight. You just see there Lachlan Lamb just jumps the line. And Latelli and Charlie, a slight disconnect on that left edge, one behind the other. Charlie comes in to kill. And Wallace just scores on his debut, and what a day to remember for him. Fraser, Dainton and Carla Moore with the call there on Sky Sports. As Huddersfield's new signing, Elliot Wallace, beat the Leopards' edge to bag their third and the killer try in the game as the Giants ran out 16-8 winners over last year's Challenge Cup winners. It was a fiery attacking performance from Huddersfield who truly nuzzled the Leopards in some style with Ethan Masters and Adam Milner also crossing for the Yorkshire side, whilst Josh Charnley and Tom Briscoe also crossed for the Leopards. Lily, this was a game where I think Huddersfield have really surprised a few people because Lee were a strong team last year and they were set up to do well, but the Giants take home the spoils. How did it go for you?
1: Um, I definitely think that a lot of people went into that game expecting a Lee win. I know I definitely did. Um, But I just think Huddersfield were a stronger team. I think the forwards were really working and I think Lee was struggling against them. Um, They didn't get down to the Lee side of the pitch often, but when they did, I think they played the ball really well and it paid off in the tries that they got. Um, I mean, it didn't help that Lee's conversions weren't there. Um, mm. but I think Huddersfield were the stronger the sh- stronger team in the game.
0: Yeah, Huddersfield looked like they wanted it a bit more from what I could see. They had some real attacking flair. They were, on the defensive side, they were really able to keep the Leopards at bay. And I think it's a really good start for them to build on. And, look, and the Cowbell army was out there in force as well. And even when you just listen back there... The den is silent. So Lee fans clearly thought, oh, this was going to be an easy game for them. But though, like Huddersfield really made it hard for them. And I mean, the the tries as well from Alec Wallace with his try there, that was a great one. And I think Lee are going to really have to work on their goal line defense, I think, because it was a real issue in this game. Um, And they, they just, from what it seemed, just just weren't really in the game for most of it as well.
1: Yeah, my favourite part of the game um, was when Josh Charnley managed to tap the ball back um, and it that was a brilliant try, I thought. Mm-hmm. Um, it was definitely an interesting game to watch and I think it has surprised a lot of people.
0: Yeah, I think Matt Moyle and Lee's new signer really showed his class there with the attacking kick to get that ball over to Charnley, as you say, who uh, who made it look quite effortless as he slid in to grab the score and tie the game up. Um, but look, it, it's not the best start for Lee, who, but they won't be licking their wounds. And you could see them going out, storming in their next game as they get there. So they uh, they get a bye this, this week. So their game against Wigan has been suspended because Wigan are in the World Club Challenge, but they are uh, away to the Saints in round three. And I think they're going to want to fight back a bit after some criticism from this game for Adrian Lamb's side, um, whilst Huddersfield are at home to Saints as well. So, Liddy, do you think that this Giants team are going to be able to give St Helens a bit of a run for their money? <laughs>
1: I think St Helens are still going to win, but I do think that they can give them a a run for the money if they play like they did the other day.
0: Mm -hmm. Um, They
1: put out a really strong side. I think they had lots of aggression in the team and I think they stand a good chance.
0: Yeah, no, absolutely. I think it's going to be a a bit of a cracker, that one. Uh, Leopards are potentially facing Edwin Mbappe out until round six as well after Hooker suffered a knee injury in the defeat. Uh, Huddersfield star fullback Jake Conner is going to miss the game against Helens after failing a head impact assessment in the win, and the Giants are also still without Luke Yates until round three, and there's still no timeline on the new signing, Andre Savelio to get back on the field. Okay, let's head to Perpignan to see how that went down.
2: chapters here for the Dragons with McMeekin, and now Abdul Abdul's brave, the ball with a chance for you go over, he's spotted the game
0: Stuart Pike with a call there for Sky Sports as Arthur Moore crosses the line for Catalan to put them up 12-4 in a tense encounter in Perpignan that handed Sam Burgess his first defeat as head coach of the Wolves. Lonely Jordan Abdul was also on the try sheet for the French side and Moore kicked two more penalty goals whilst 17-year-old Aaron Lindop had put Warrington ahead in the first half with a fantastic finish before Matt Dufty crossed to make it close in the second half. Uh, Catalan's Mike McLaurin was shown a red almost immediately into the second half that put the French side up against it before Morg's try. But Jordi Crowther's sin bin with 10 minutes to go gave Catalan enough time to finish the game without conceding. So what are my takes on this game. So look, Warrington dominated quite early on in the game. They came close to scoring twice before Lind- Lindop's acrobatic finish got them on the score sheet. And I think they probably regretted not converting those opportunities later on in the game. This game had one of the best hits you'll ever see in the first half from Tariq Sims on George Williams, which is a cleaner hit as you can get legally. There was so much force involved to completely knock the wind out of him. And you can see from Matt Dufty's reaction after just how much force was applied. Um, look, what a signing Jordan Abdul is for Catalan. I know we watched K.R. tear Hull apart on Thursday night, but oh my word, Abdul fits seamlessly into this dragon slide. Him and Nikarim are alongside each other. They are going to cause teams a lot of trouble. They're going to penetrate every inch of the fields with their running and quick passing. Um, I think Abdul deserved his try. And then he laid on the assist for Morg as well. I will say that McLaurin sending off was the right call from the angles that you got to see. He was too high when he came in. And look, players are just, as Leonie says, they're just going to have to be a lot more mindful of getting themselves into those positions this year, um, I think Catalan would the deserved winners in this game. I think the new signings, as I say, gelled really well, and they came out of the blocks firing. And look, they've got some real talents on their squad, and they will be one of the quickest and more skillful teams to face. Uh, for Warrington, they're going to be kicking themselves for not making the early pressure count. And when you give a side like Catalan time to punish you, they're going to make hard. They're going to make things really hard. So they look slick and patient with the ball Warrington and they've got talents of their own, but I think they need to get some wins on the board quick and lucky for them. They're up against Hull FC on Friday night and they got at home as well. So no doubt that that will be um, a game that they'll be trying to bank those two points. Whilst Catalan go away to London on Friday night, we're going to come on to the Saints and Broncos game, but guys, what do we think now about this weekend with the first Super League game in the capital for some years?
1: I think it's definitely exciting, um, as you and Leone said on the last podcast. Um, it's a great thing to see growth down south because there is that consistent thing of leagues, a northern sport, and um, mm-hmm. the games not so big down there. And hopefully, if the Broncos do well, they'll get more of a following, and rugby league will hopefully grow down south. I think it's a bit of a shame that they pulled Saints for the first game of the season, it's probably potentially a bit of a knock to the confidence. Mm. Um, Not really the first team that you want to be facing, but I think they put in a good shift and they've definitely got potential against some of the other teams in the league.
0: Oh, absolutely. What about you, Leonie?
1: Yeah, I mean, I definitely think Rugby League deserves
2: a lot more credit um, I think it does. I think it deserves. You know, it's it's spots on TV. I think we need to spread it as wide as possible. You know, there's not as much money in rugby league as there is football, and football absolutely dominates the TV. It dominates the radio, um, and I just think you, they're not even they're not even comparable in that in that sense. Um, And I think, you know, Rugby League and Rugby Union uh, sort of fans are always bashing their heads together and they're always saying, oh, Union's better and League's better. And, you know, but like, what if we can like both? Like, I'm not ready to like Rugby Union yet, but I reckon that maybe Rugby Union players might be ready to like Rugby League, maybe, like if they give it a go. (laughs) And yeah, I just think taking it down south, you know, the the kind of the money, the support, all that kind of stuff, it's going to, it's really going to sort of skyrocket Rugby League and it's going to be a more widely known thing.
0: I think, I think it's great that we have a side like Saints going down to London for the first game as well because people that know the game in the South know St. Helens. They know the players that they've got and um, there'll be a draw and it should hopefully be a really good game. Uh, before we come on to that one and, and talk through what happened between the Saints and the Broncos, uh, just on the discipline side from the Castellan-Warrington game, so Mike McLaurin is facing a four to six game ban for the Grady charge whilst Paul Seguire faces two match out For a grade D head contact, and Warrington's Jordy Crowther is now facing a one match ban. In injury news, uh, Wire are hoping that Roderick Ty and Matty Nicholson will be fit and firing for their round two contest against Hull, but it's likely to be too quick a turnaround for some of the other players that are still injured. Um, So let's now head to what happened at the totally wicked stadium.
2: Alex Wormsley, what a night for the big man, his 50th try for St Helens, and Wormsley strolling through the defence, and Saints get their third try.
0: Stuart Pike again with the call there, as Alex Wormsley scored his 50th try for the club in a rout of newcomers London Broncos on a Merseyside on Friday night. Saints were as classy as ever, as they scored seven tries past the Broncos, who were as Good a show as they could give, but they were no match for Paul Wellenside, who were tries from Lewis Dodd, Jack Wellsby, Tommy Makinson, Daryl Clark, Johnny Lomax, and a brace from Matt Whitley on the night as they got their Super League campaign off to a flyer. Leone, we said at the top that it's so good to have the Broncos in so they can grow the game south. This was a bit of a bloodbath for them.
2: It was, but I think they were they were expecting it. I think, you know, you're not gonna come into the Super League not knowing who St Helens are and what they can do. Um, but I definitely think they came onto the pitch with maybe with like a lot of optimism, and I think they looked quite confident. And there were times where they did they did defend they did defend well. Obviously, it didn't stand up to much. But I just think if you're going to play Helen's, you need to know they have a concrete defence. They're not going to let you get to that try line. Obviously, they did, um, and it was that must have been brilliant for Broncos confidence. Um, obviously, it was a bit of VAR trouble, so I think everyone was sort of sat on the edge of their seats. Um, but yeah, Story's um sort of debut for the Broncos with his try was brilliant. Um, and I I hope that that will give them confidence that they were able to get over sent like get over their try line, they got past St. Helens defense because that's very difficult. And I think a lot of teams in the Super League find that very hard. And I hope the Broncos sort of take that with them that yeah, they only did it once, but if you can do it once, you can do it again.
0: Yeah, I think that that try from Robbie story was exceptional uh I can't remember the player but the player that managed to keep the ball in play showed some great intellect to do that for, to get story to run on to bit more get bit more plays like that and I think they will definitely start to test teams um uh, from what I saw look, London they had a bit a bit of bright sparks um for the first 20 minutes they looked quite threatening I just think they struggled to kind of get closer and closer to the try line but but St. Helens have an amazing defence. Um, and Alex Wormsley is already in top form. Um, he made the most metres of any player, crossed around 183 metres. Daryl Clark, new sign-in from James Roby, slotted right in at hooker and already looks like he's played in this team for a number of years. I think it's an yeah, it, it, easy game for Saints fans to kind of think, right, that's it. First win on the board, off we go. Um, and, I th- and I think it's, yeah, I think London hopefully will not be too despondent by it. Um but for for a Wigan fan, Lily, how, how do you feel about Saints this year? Do you think they're really going to test you guys?
1: I definitely think Saints are the number one competition. I think they've come back, they've got a really strong team and I, I think that they could be winners. Um, I think the first game against Broncos, hard to tell because it was always going to be an obvious win. Um, I think we'll have to see how the season goes on, but yeah, they're definitely the main, con- uh, the main competition for warriors.
0: Yeah, hundred percent. So that wraps our Super League round one recap. Um, but now let's turn our attention to the world club challenge, which is the big game this weekend. So, Wigan are entertaining LRL champions Penrith Panthers to a sold-out DW Stadium on Saturday night. The game is set to be broadcast on both the BBC and Sky Sports. Uh, Penrith come into it having lost the last iteration in February 2023 back in Australia to St. Helens and have never won the competition, losing to Bradford Bulls in 2004 and to this weekend's combatants Wigan back in 1991 and that was at Anfield Stadium in Liverpool. Uh, There was no World Cup challenge in 2022 due to the coronavirus pandemic despite Penrith winning the NRL title then and Wigan are bidding for their fifth title previously winning in 87, 91, 94 and 2017 where they hosted and defeated the Cronulla Sharks. Uh, Wigan come into this match without new signing Luke Thompson as the prop has failed his head injury assessment in the first half against the Tigers. Uh, He was forced off the field less than 20 minutes into the game at the jungle and fellow new signing and Chris Lehman was also spotted in a protective boot and crutches after the game. Uh, But Matt Pete has given no update on his status as of yet. On the Penrith side, they're going to be without their star 5'8", Jerome Luai, who has not made the trip over to England. And Australian media reporting that Ivan Cleary is going to throw in the young halfback Jack Cole alongside Cleary in the halves and not have the opportunity to form a whole KR man, Brad Schneider. Uh, Cole has played just one game in his entire NRL career and played all of last season in the New South Wales Cup. That's, I guess, the championship for those that aren't equated with the Australian uh, version of the sport. So, guys, this is um, a sold-out stadium. It's uh, probably the best team in the world coming up against Wigan. It's going to be a fiery encounter. Do we think we're going to see any shocks on the line and that Wigan are going to retain a title here for the UK?
1: I think, um, unfortunately, I hate to admit it, I don't think Wigan are going to win. I just think the NRL is on another level to um, Rugby League in the UK. Um, And I think, unfortunately, it is going to be a loss. It'll be a good game to watch, but I don't think that Wigan are going to be the winners in the end.
0: I think they would have to go some way to defeating this Penrith side. I think Penrith, are, they're, they're going for their fourth beat in, um, in Australia. So they won the last three championships. And this is going to be a mighty test of Wigan's resolve. And just to see what kind of standard they're on as a squad. Like, is their squad good enough to really be competing with some of Australia's best players? Uh, but the fact that it's sold out, Leone, really tells me that fans are really keen to see I guess this Battle of the Titans.
2: Yeah, I mean, I think it's it's obviously super exciting. Um, I'm sort of not looking forward to it, I suppose. Um, Not that it would majorly affect Cass at the minute, but I think if Wigan win, that's going to make them very dangerous. I think the the confidence spike that they're gonna get if they if they do win, they're gonna come back and annihilate everyone in the super league. And we really don't want that again. <laughs> um and I can I can I can see the Eagles skyrocketing if they if they win a game like that. But absolutely the atmosphere will be fantastic. Fans are gonna love it. And again, you know, uh, the coverage as well is gonna be is gonna be brilliant for rugby league overall.
0: Yeah, I think that the Look, this weekend we had BBC show Super League games for the first time. And that in itself will not have gone unnoticed, um, particularly by fans of the rival codes to kind of see, oh, they've got they've got games on, on terrestrial TV. And, you know, it'll be a really, really fast game. Surely it'll be really entertaining. Hopefully Wigan make it as close as they can. From my side, I think Penrith are going to take it probably comfortably. But I'd love to be shocked. I'd love to see a surprise. I do kind of agree with you that if Wigan do win this, well, good luck. The rest of the Super League teams being able to take them on. But look, St. Helens did beat Penrith last year and they didn't win the title in the end. So you never know. You never know. Um, so let's to finish. Let's take a look through some news then around the world of rugby league. So the draw has been made for the 1895 Cup quarterfinals and semifinals. Quarters are going to take place on March the 3rd and Sheffield Eagles are entertaining the Batley Bulldogs. Bradford Bulls are playing the Swinton Lions. York Knights are at home to Oldham and Wakefield are up against the Barrow Raiders in the semifinals, which are going to take place on May 12th. Uh, the Bulls or Lions will face Wakefield or Barrow, whilst York or Oldham will face Sheffield or Batley. In NRL news, it was the annual All-Stars game, so the Indigenous side took home the spoils against the Maori on Friday morning, winning 22-14. The Indigenous side had some superstars on show, with Bulldogs Josh Adakar, bagging a brace, and the Dolphins' Hamaso To Fido also looking fit and firing ahead of the new season. Uh, Cronulla's Nico Hines also looked sharp, but his Sharks teammate Brandon Trindle really looked the part in halves. And on the Maori side, the only really real player of note was Raiders forward, Joseph Tapine, who put on a powerhouse display, finished with more than 100 metres and scored the opening try. Uh, for the NRL preseason wrap up, unfortunately, it's mainly injury talk As um, after week one, with Broncos second rower Brendan Piacura sustaining the ligament strain in his team's win over the North Queensland Cowboys and remains questionable to play in their Vegas contest against the Roosters. And Roosters' new star, English winger Dom Young, is going to be missing the Vegas trip after suffering a nasty-looking neck injury in their win over the Seagulls, which will see Manly forward to West Shipley miss the opening round of the season after being charged with a grade two. And staying with the Roosters, hooker Brandon Smith sustained a head injury impact assessment, but passed it on the night and is going to be fit to travel to Vegas, whilst West Tigers' Declan Casey has been cleared of serious injury after he was knocked out in their loss to the New Zealand Warriors. Guys, thank you so much for joining me this week on this our first recap of the season. First of plenty to come, I'm sure, down the line. But thank you very much for joining me this evening to talk through games. Um, Any kind of key takeaways that you're looking forward to with this weekend?
2: I mean, it has to be Cass and Salford, hasn't it? Oh, of I mean, that could destroy the relationship of this podcast in seconds, depending on that score. Um, but I will be, I will be going down. I will be going down to the stadium. Um, so I'm just, I'm just super excited for it. I think, you know, when the top two teams play each other, people get super excited about that, yeah. and it's great. But I think, you know. Cass and Salford are looking a lot more confident than they were last year. I think both I think the d- defence is a lot better. Um and I'm I'm really looking forward to it. So yeah that'll be a interesting conversation from one person's <laughs> side next week.
0: I mean look, I'm very impartial here. If, if Salford lose, I tell you, you're not going to hear me kick up much of a fuss about it. I mean, as I say, like we should have won that game against Leeds, but you know, the referees conspired against us. So I'm just going to just stay, remain bitter about it. But Lily, I mean, are, are you going to be watching the Wigan and Penrith game or are you excited for any of the other games this coming weekend?
1: Yeah, I'm definitely going to be watching that game. Um, I think it's definitely going to be really intense. Like we said, really exciting game. Um, I think... For me, after this weekend, I'm really excited to see Hulk KR again um, mm. and see what's going to come from them because I think they've surprised a lot of people. And I think if they go into ne- the next game as strong as they played this weekend, I think they have the potential to do really well this season.
0: Yeah, agreed. Hulk KR in Leeds, Thursday night. Definite one to watch, I feel. Right, well, wrap things to a close then. And um, so thank you very much for listening to the podcast if you're a new listener if you're listening to us for the first time welcome aboard we'll be with you for the rest of the season and we'll see you next week